This is the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, where we unpack the week's big political stories. My name is Mike Siluma, and thanks for joining us. In today's installment of Politics Weekly, we look at President Cyril Ramaphosa's predicament in the wake of the scandal over a burglary on his Palapala farm two years ago. Can you believe it? Uh, the scandal was set off by the laying of charges, uh, including bribery, kidnapping, money laundering, among others, by uh, the former spy chief, uh, Arthur Frazier. Uh, it's been called variously the farm gate. It's been called mattress gate. And I've, so I've seen it called elsewhere dollar gate. I'm not sure which one uh, for the purposes of our conversation now you guys will prefer to use. But also we, we can't not touch on the other big story of the week, the release of the final state capture report by Chief Justice Raymond Zondo and how it fits in with the political state of play at the moment. For today's conversation, let's welcome my guest, Khutazo Madisa, who's the Sunday Times political reporter, Dr. Figile Vilagazi, who's been on the show before, who lectures in public policy and uh, political science at the University of KwaZulu-Natal, and of course, uh, William Gumete, who is an uh, associate professor at the School of Governance at Vets University. With immediate effect. When people saw and I quote, in two years' time, Eskim's problems will be a thing of the past. People won't even remember load shedding. Unquote. They put saliva on the paper. I'm in charge. That's why these fools are running around here. I'm in charge. And then they share that zone. Point of order, Jefferson. Order, Jefferson. Point of order, ruling party by point of order. Must step aside within 30 days. No, I'm not going to apologize. He has no brains whatsoever. The AFP president was sabotaged again yesterday. Well, sabotage, that can be This is not a shit. So let's start with you uh, from where you're sitting, because you interact a lot with the with the political types, you know, in, in the ANC. Uh, what would you say has been the impact of the Palapala scandal on the president's uh, political standing currently? Ramayek, uh, this has had a serious impact on the president's political uh, standing. Uh, if you remember, this is a man who campaigned using an anti-corruption, uh, anti-criminal campaign. Uh, uh, to get South Africans be, uh, behind him. Uh, you remember the, the, the Ramaphoria that was uh, spoken about, uh, you know, in, the, in his presidency and, and, and the like. So <clears throat> for him to now be embroiled in a scandal of this nature, uh, you can understand that, you know, even people who are not necessarily ANC members, but voted for the ANC, uh, in the, in the, in the past election, uh, on, because of, of his ticket uh, that the ANC was running on, are now asking themselves a lot of questions on, on whether you know, they back the right horse, what happens from here on, is this really legit? You know, so, so, so internally and externally in the party uh, of the ANC, this has really had an impact. Um, you listen to the discussions even in the ANC uh, meetings where you know, the party should be discussing uh, serious issues that are affecting the country right now, but they get stuck on this point. I mean, uh, the previous uh, two uh, uh, ANC National Working Committee meetings were really stuck on this point. They could not move forward on, 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 on any other issue because, you know, people wanted the meeting to discuss, you know, what happens to the president as he step aside. Um, what has he told you as the top six uh, or top four officials? 
so 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 yeah things are not the same things are not the same um you can even tell from the the men's posture that things are really are really not no longer the same but of course you know the the i mean you you are talking generically about people in the ANC uh, we all know though that there are uh, the president's people and the president's anti people in other words so some people will be very happy that uh, he's got all these troubles uh, surrounding him now and uh, while others may probably be very worried maybe people who supported him or who are sympathetic to him oh absolutely absolutely this uh, the, the worry reverberates throughout the, the the factional battle i mean uh, whether you are whether you get people you speak to people who support him um uh, people who were anti him it's it's a worrying thing uh, for 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 his people to say the pre- president what did you do what what is this i mean however though i must say uh, and then people need to know this that internally in the anc uh, national executive committee the president still commands a lot of support uh, according to the numbers that we have done he commands at least 78% uh support in terms of uh, the 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 NEC members while the other side have just under 27 uh, uh 27 26% uh, because you remember there's more than 100 uh, members uh, 80 members of the NEC but they co-opted other people and there's ex officials and what not so yeah so he's still looking good in the party they will protect him that's why to this day you don't have uh, you you the, the party has not been able to discuss the the, the palapala uh, matter because he is being protected you get uh, people like Bademantashi who you know you know we know him as the protector of the throne i mean he did the same during the zuma years he protects the throne of the president that's so he hasn't changed his stance he's still protecting the president in the meeting however you have people like naledi pando in the meeting who has been you know the president's uh, one of the president's allies in the past meeting she stood up and said look we cannot leave, uh, handle this matter any differently we need to treat the president the same way we've been treating the people um other people who were accused of things um we we have to discuss this matter and we call on the officials to bring a report to tell us how do we answer questions that were being asked about this thing um to the public because the ANC is being battered this is the this is what we're hearing out of out of the discussion internally in the party on both fronts okay. but obviously those who are not on the side are extremely excited they can't wait to see the men's backside okay now the the uh, dr vilagas i'd like to come to you if if i'm an ordinary south african and and because you know anc politics can be quite uh, opaque and intriguing and confusing so if if i'm an ordinary person i see that oh the president of the anc who also happens to be my president or president of the country uh, has got these political problems surely my 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 the top of my mind is Will he survive all of this? Will he, you know, how long will he be able to 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 face down, you know, all all his problems and survive and stay president? Or maybe his days are numbered. How do you assess his chances of survival? If you look at what has been happening in particular in relation to the Palapala uh, uh, scandal. It is devastating, you know, if you are an ordinary citizen of South Africa. Um, hearing what has happened around Palapala and the allegations against uh, the president. Devastating, uh, Bramaik, because this has probably been the last hope, right, 
um, you know, of citizens if you were hoping that um, any leadership for the country would come out of the ANC, it would have been, you know, President Usuru Ramaphosa. And that hope is gone. I, you know, it was just like the last stroke, um, you know, to, you know, at the back of citizenry to say, where do we go to now? So that is uh, the feeling, you know, when you are listening to the vibes, even within com- conversations in the various spaces where we, where citizens are moving and when we speak, people are saying that this is the end of it. There is no way that we can hope that the ANC can recover from this. It is impossible to even imagine a situation where the country can continue to expect any form of political leadership from the African National Congress should these allegations be true. And and I you know and there's that sense. And I mean, you know, there's also this thing about saying how naive perhaps can 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 we all be, you know, in South Africa, because it has been a known fact that the president is a businessman. And section 96 of the constitution is very, very clear that office bearers and cabinet members cannot have extra income. Within the African National Congress, he was deployed to this position of presidency, knowing very well that he's a businessman, he has got extra income. As the voter, as the voters, we also voted, you know, those who voted the African National Congress, um, you know, leadership in this particular instance. So there is also that level of saying, is it because we are not aware of what the constitution is stating in terms of who can be a leader, in terms of the ethical code, um, or is it because really there is this uh, there is this hunger of leadership that we had to say President Suramaposa perhaps is the candidate? And I think there was some level of hope that he's cleaning up, you know, talking anti-corruption, the Zondo Commission report, and people were saying perhaps we can give the NC another chance. But the Palapala scandal really has um, removed all that possibility of hope. You, do, do you think he will survive, though? Because, you know, way, way back... Well, of course, these are two different people and different circumstances. If you look at the scandals that followed Jacob Zuma when he was president, you know, with each scandal, people thought this is it. He is finished. And he would always come back. The ANC would always support him. Hotato was alluding to that. But when you're looking at this president and this scandal, do you think that he will survive it in your view? I doubt. I doubt that he will survive it. And I will tell you why. The difference between what former President Jacob Zuma went through and what President Ramaphosa is likely to go through is is that he is fighting a battle internally within the ANC because there are these factions, right? So the the red faction is determined to see him go. The RET people. It's mobilizing Mm. itself to ensure that he goes. So then there's an external world, which is the citizens, who are also just tired of the ANC, anything that comes out of the ANC. So I do not see it possible um, that he may survive this particular one. The pressure is too much. Um, the awareness even, you know, within citizens is even greater. The Zondo Commission has revealed a lot of things that have just made people to say, we cannot do this again. How did we even allow this to happen? So there's so much that is out there on the public domain that will work against uh, uh, him. But also even in terms of the justice system in the way that it stands, you know, already people are saying that he is friends with uh, Chief Justice Zondo. So there's lack of trust even in terms of the justice system, even if he goes the route of the courts, we know what's going to happen. So just in terms of voting, in terms of confidence, in terms of people saying he can lead us again, I do not see him surviving this particular scandal. 
Um, he will survive as a human being because he's a businessman, he's a billionaire, he's going to move on and live his life. And, and perhaps one of the suggestions would be that if he could just uh, be clever and not even contest for, for presidency at, at, at the December conference and, and, and allow himself to have this as his final term, that would probably be a more dignified way of accepting the fact that he cannot win this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Professor Gumete? Uh, how long? How long is a piece of string? How how long uh, do you think President uh, Ramaphosa will survive? Do you think he'll he'll survive to see a second term? Survive beyond uh, December? I mean, this is the fight. This is his biggest political fight. I mean, it's um, this is a very very hard and a very difficult uh, one for him. I mean, it's about five or six things um, which will determine uh, whether he would whether he can survive. I mean, firstly, just his anti-corruption campaign is now gone. Um, you know, that image uh, has been totally um, destroyed. And then also his credibility. Um, of course, we have to see, I mean, I'm, I'm saying that in a context that we, we, not, we don't know all of the facts and, and you know, and, and things may, may turn out differently than we think. Uh, but still, his credibility is gone. But most probably more important, his authority um, within the ANC may be gone. And then his authority within wider society may, may be gone. I mean, we in the country now, I mean, we're sitting with our biggest uh, sets of crises, most probably in a couple of generations. I mean, we've got, uh, you know, the post-COVID COVID, uh, uh, COVID-19 financial crisis. Now we have also the financial crisis caused by the war, uh, the Russia war in Ukraine. So this is our biggest crisis, highest unemployment seen ever or um, even compared to our emerging market peers. Now, for the president, needs authority, needs credibility to push through these reforms. And, and, and remember, in the past, I mean, he has been hesitant. He's been a cautious president because he's been arguing he, he's looking for a second term when he's consolidated his power. Now, it's going to be very difficult for him to consolidate his power. So even if he survives politically uh, and he goes into a second term, I mean, that's if... if um, he won't have um, the credibility and the authority to implement anything. So it's, it's a lame duck, essentially, um, um, from now um, onwards. And I think most probably his biggest the biggest political threat for him is going up to the ANC's national conference. I mean, so far it's been smooth sailing for him. Uh, you know, a couple of conferences that had their um, provincial conferences have nominated him. I mean, that's actually unexpectedly smooth. I think now he will have to win against him. Um, it's going to be it's going to be very very hard for him to get renominated um, by the other provinces because of the I mean, there's a campaign within the ANC among his opponents against him. There's a campaign outside the ANC by the opposition parties like the EFF, and there's also the public, you know, ordinary citizens who are you know now hard full of the ANC, and they now I think come uh, coming to the conclusion that Ramaphosa may be no different. Than all of the other ANC leaders, and and uh, and uh, uh, William, if if the damage proves to be fatal uh, to his presidency, to President Ramaphosa's presidency and political future, what would be the implications for the ANC? Let's say uh, he just he just feels that he's had enough of all this, you know, and he announces, "My my my fellow citizens, uh, I'm I'm stepping down forth with him." No, he, he uses with immediate effect. I'm no longer a president. I'm stepping down leaving the ANC, leaving the presidency. What would be the impact on the ANC itself? What would happen? Would it be stronger, weaker, more confused? Uh, what, what, what would it look like as an organization? 
I think we remember when Jacob Zuma was the president and he faced all of those corrupts and charges and eventually he was pushed out. We then said that was the ANC's biggest crisis. But if Ramaphosa goes, it's the end of the ANC. I mean, we know the ANC is already on its liberation decline. You know, the era sort of, which is equivalent sort of three decades uh, in power when compared with other liberation movements where the dominance of the party ends and where the party, if, if the party uh, is in a good space and, and win elections, it can only do it with other partners, uh, with a coalition and so on. Now, if Ramaphosa, I think is almost, Ramaphosa is holding at least 10 to 15%, even more, and that's very conservatively, uh, possibly I would say 20%, most probably, of voters vote for him, ANC voters for him and not for the party because they believe in him personally, um, you, you know, their hopes are um, in him. And, and if he has to go, I think we may see a, at least, a, I would say, a 20% immediate drop in the electoral fortunes of the ANC. So if the ANC then goes to the elections, um, let's just say the 2024 national elections, I would say without Ramaphosa, the, the ANC would be around 35%. You know, it would actually fell below um, that 40% uh, 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 mark. And, and then secondly, also from the ANC point of view, it will cause the, uh, the ANC will actually plunge in disarray uh, because right now there's no clear successors in the ANC. The party is divided into two groups. Um, there's no one that they can rally, that can consolidate. Not at, if one look at the people who are now in the ANC, and you must remember under Jacob Zuma introduced reforms in the ANC, which made it very difficult for outsiders to become the president of the ANC. Now, if you want to be elected president or even be nominated as president of the ANC, you need to have been at least for 10 years, I have to be at, you know, at, a, at a national level, uh, involvement at a national level. So it, it, it kind of excludes even fresh blood or, or, or maybe veteran members who were not part of the current group. Uh, who could potentially hold the ANC together. So, I mean, the, the pool of the ANC is limited because of these reforms uh, that was done at, yeah, previously in the ANC, uh, which means the ANC can almost only nominate from the current group of people. And if you look at the current group of people from the government does and so on, really, um, they don't have a unifying uh, a figure. Yeah, from your observation, you know, um, William is referring to, to he's saying that, then, that there's no clear successor. Uh, for the reasons that he has outlined. So you, you, what, what are you seeing, hearing in terms of who might be wanting or who might be willing or who might be put forward, you know, to step up to the plate, you know, if the president were to be out of the picture? Are, are there any names that people are talking about that, that we can seriously look at? Um, yes. Uh, but, but maybe let me start here, Bromay. You say, say the president leaves now. Um, perhaps uh, at the at the July policy conference, which is being lobbied to become an NGC, a National General Council, say he lives there, then only DD uh, David Mabuza can fill that gap between now in the presidency between now and and, and December. Um, but at December conference, if the president uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa is not there. The name that is being touted that has come up in several provinces is that of Paul Mashatile. Um, he has his name uh, has come up in uh, Limpopo um, uh, to an extent in Pumalanga, uh, in Gauteng, um, and I, I, I hear he's also finding resonance in the Eastern Cape as well for the position of of, of deputy president. Um, so yes, there's there's that name. 
Uh, it has really, uh, I mean, I mean, as you know, he's now one of the most powerful people in the ANC. He holds literally three offices. Um, so he he he's in charge of 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 Mutuli House as we as we as we stand. So his name is is really coming up in a lot of spaces. But you have people like Ronald Lamola, um, who, as they say in the in the ANC, has come up through the ranks. They like using using that quote. Um, he's he's really going for it. He believes there should be generational mix and uh, there is a bit of support for him, especially with the youths. Uh, in the party, um, I'm just not sure. Besides Mpumalanga, which other provinces is, is supporting him? But yes, uh, Paul, Paul Mashatile's name right now seems most likely to take over uh, the ANC presidency. Mm-hmm. Hey, Doctor Villagaza, can I bounce a thought of you? You know, there's a there's a view that says that Cyril uh, uh, Ramaphosa is our last hope. In terms of fighting corruption, in terms of uh, undoing the, the the corruption of the previous years, the state capture, damage, etc. That that he that 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 we probably are are better off with him there uh, rather than another unknown quantity uh, moving into the union buildings. What, what's your view about that? You know, I I fully agree. I mean, at some point, I actually thought perhaps we are just too naive, right? What we should be doing is to realize that the problem of corruption that we are dealing with is a problem that is sitting within the whole organization. And in fact, the African National Congress needs to to step aside as an organization, um, you know, rather than pinpointing individuals, because this clearly is a layered, uh, you know, challenge that is sitting within the institution. The institution is rotten. It has been a organizational culture that could not be thwarted over time. And even if you remove President Usul Ramaphosa, whom we thought at least is trying to clean up, a lot of rot is still going to surface. There could be beautiful names like Mamulin Dwesisulu, for instance, you know, Mamuna Lady Pando, and so on, if you're looking at, you know, from a feminist perspective. Uh, but there are issues within the Women's League. We are talking about Mambatabile, you know, currently uh, going through um, uh, these charges of, of perjury and so on. Um, so there, and, and, and all these other names that I'm mentioning also being linked with the Red Faction and, 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 and the former president, uh, Jacob Zuma. So whether you remove one person or the other, it's becoming clearer to me that the problem is not individualized, but I think it's an institutional one. So the ANC has got a lot of cleanup work that it needs to do. Whether you put Paul Mashatile or you put Umama Ulindwesisulu or you put anybody, the ANC itself has committed a crime of corruption. And it is becoming clearer that one person is linked to the other. It's a web of corruption within an institution that needs to unravel itself. So it's not. I don't. I don't think that it's going to change anything. Um, my my sense is that we are we have entered that era in South African politics, where it is it is inevitable to talk coalitions. It's inevitable to say we don't have one particular president in the country at this point. We have a leadership crisis, but we do have pockets of leaders sitting in different spaces, even within the opposition, within civil society organisations. Perhaps it is time to rally that support and begin to rebuild a framework around coalitions, a framework around ethical leadership, and galvanize for that as we go towards 2024. Luckily, legally speaking, we've got this uh, judgment of the court, right, that enables independent candidates to now stand for for elections, which parliament is busy working on. They have been granted an extension to do that. So it widens then the 
the scope to say, who knows, maybe our next president is sitting, is sitting in Kailicha. Maybe our next president is actually sitting somewhere doing community work in Kukuletu. You know, let us look outside of political parties. It is an era now where we need to rethink the political party system in the manner that it stands because it is rotten. You know, it's not, you know, it's not just within the African National Congress. I mean, this rot is sitting in other spaces as well, you know, because it is a system where in the politics of South Africa, we did not have a policy framework that um, is matured enough to be able to track as we were transitioning from apartheid to track um, these ailments of, um, and uh, you know, rottenness that have emerged even from the various systems of oppression from the past. Because you know the problem of corruption is not an ASC problem. It's an institutional problem of governance that came from apartheid. It came from colonization. And if we have to clean that up, really talking the ANC, we're just touching the tip of an iceberg. We have the ability to go deeper than that. So I don't see it with Mike, um, anyone within the ANC if Stramaposa goes. I think it's just going to be the same thing. Mm. Professor Kumete, I'd like to give the, the last word to you. The, 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 the State Capture Commission, uh, Judge Zondo, um, one of the key recommendations he's made, you know, while we're talking corruption, uh, was was for a whole lot of people to be either prosecuted or investigated for for prosecution. Now, the the as as far as uh, most of us are aware, the it, it made these propositions before. Yeah, the commission made the propositions in its previous reports, and not much has happened in terms of uh, uh, prosecutions or you know anything like that. Do you see the NPA and the Hawks uh, stepping up to the plate, or will this be just another another report that that's put together and then it's left in the union buildings to gather dust and the nation moves on? I think this time society um, won't allow the ANC just to move on, the government to move on. So you know. Um, Things have changed. The mood of the country has changed. The psyche of the country has changed. So it's not going to be allowed to be swept, uh, you know, under the carpet, um, so to speak. Um, there really is going to be a rebellion um, in society. I know, you know, the president did say it will take about six months uh, to be taken to, I think, uh, you know, to parliament. The agency is going to study it and so on. But I don't think society will allow um, it uh, the ANC to get away and 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 not or the ANC government rather not to to investigate because I think what people also will do there's going to be a big mobilization also um, anything from you know private prosecutions and so on. Um, um, and there's been some success in those sort of things. So I think that's going to happen. Um, so there is almost, there's no way, no way out of that. But I also think clearly the NPA leadership, um, they are feeling the pressure. I mean, we've seen it. Um, they, they are starting to, to, to deliver the results, um, because really from their reputation's point of view, uh, from the heads of the NPA's reputation, uh, point of view, um, you, you know, the, the organization will have to be seen to be, to do something, you know, to take people on. And my sense is also, so even in, in those institutions now, I think people are also determined, you know, to save their own reputations by prosecuting. Um, so I, I do think um, it may not be as quick as we would want. It may not be as clean, you know, and decisive as we would want, but it's going to happen maybe, you know, in between a snail's pace and a hair's 
in a hair pace. Um, it's not going to be fast, but it is going to happen. Okay, with my guests, uh, that's where we'll wrap it up on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly for this week. And I'd like to thank them, Kota uh, Tomadisa, who's a Sunday Times politics reporter, Dr. Figile Vilagazi, who lectures in public policy and political science at the University of Guazulu-Natal, as well as William Kumeja, who's associate professor at the School of Governance at Vets University. We appreciate your time. I'm Mike Siluma. Until next time, do stay safe, stay blessed, and let's do good for our country. <music>